Hello and welcome to the debate. Everybody, welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast, The Debate, a brand new debate style show here on the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts. I am your host, Ed Burtzel, for a change, and this is going to be one hell of a series. So basically what we're going to be doing is one, maybe two times a week, depending on the, the kind of demand for this style of series, we will be debating anything and anything in the world of sports that is particularly important and it could be any sport any topic there are no limits as to what this show can possibly do for today however we are going to be debating some soccer or for some cultured people football and there is no other man that i would want to do the first debate with than the other half of the Basin Talk Podcast fantasy show. It is Adam Caster. Adam, hello, sir. Hello. Was Ryan Junio not available? <laughs> no, he was not, he was not available because an Arsenal West Ham combined starting eleven would be all Arsenal players. And that's no fun. You're right. You're right. So instead of doing well, first of all, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. Good. It's been it's been a whole 24 hours since I've seen you. Yep. That's very true. Yes, if you missed the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show that we did on Monday and Tuesday, make sure to go check that out. This show will be out on probably, I would say it's probably going to be out on Saturday is when I'm going to release this. So definitely go check out the uh, Friday show as well, the week eight preview that we will be doing covering all of the week eight games. But that is the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show. This is the Basement Talk podcast, the debate. So today we are going to be covering the... Man City and Arsenal combined Premier League 11. Now, here's how this is going to work. Adam will get the opportunity to give his starting 11. I will get the opportunity to give mine. Once that happens, then it's time to debate. And we are going to be debating literally everything. Formation, the players that are involved. We're even going to be debating the managers that are involved. So we're going to have a Christ. good old classic Arsene Wenger, Pep Guardiola debate. I am sure of it. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what we get at the end of this. But, I mean, for now, it's nice that we don't have to do any news and notes. It's nice that we don't have to go into uh, to any other segues to get us to the main uh, meat and potatoes of the podcast, as you like to say, Adam. We can just get right to it. We can just get right to the debate, my friend. So, yeah, I will be a generous host. I will be very nice. And I am going to give you the floor here. So, Adam, your Man City starting 11. And, of course, I'll preface this with saying Adam is a Manchester City supporter. And I I am, of course, an Arsenal supporter. So, Adam, the floor is yours. So, this is a uh, all-Premier League XI. So, no like Alan Oaks or anything like that, even though he would be great. For this, or Bert Troutman, as much you, as I would love they to. They both report. would be shoo-ins. 
there would be shoe ones. I would replace Bert Troutman for Ederson any day of the week. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so for my XI, my 11, uh, starting from the back, Ederson, uh, one of the most expensive goalkeepers to uh, ever, basically, uh, Tim and Allison and Kepa. What, what formation are you running? I'm running a 4-3-3. Okay. With a holding midfielder. Okay. It's a defensive 4-3-3. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Goal, I think the defend the defensive positions, I feel like were tough for me because man, it's not that Man City has had a lot of great defenders, but the good it's there's like no middle ground, really. Our great defenders have been really, really good, and our terrible defenders have been absolutely dog shit. So it's like I've had a couple of choices at both right back and left back, but and especially and goalkeeper because. As bad as Joe Hart is now, when he was in his prime for Man City, he was one of the best goalkeepers out there. But I think at this point, for the for the team that I want to play, this is a current, like a Pep Guardiola staple. You need a goalkeeper that can play out the back, and that is what Ederson specializes in. He's so calm and on the ball. No matter how many errors he makes that lead to goals, he can just do whatever the fuck he wants with no fear. Which are a lot. Yeah, no. It it happens. Uh, and then at left back, this one was tough for me just because actually it's funny. You you get a kick out of this because this this player played for Arsenal. So <laughs> it's a it's it's Gail Clichy, who's who's great. It was between Gail Clichy and Alexander Kolarov, who actually basically competed with each other for the left back spot when uh, when in Manuel Pellegrini's waning years. And I mean, I think that, I don't know. I mean, Colorado was a better attacker, but Gil Clichy is the better defender. So at this point, I think it kind of evens out. But for a team that likes to play, not necessarily defensive, but just like it's more of the right back's job kind of to, to push up an attack. So the left back needs to stay to stay and defend. And I mean... Gail Kalishu got the start over uh, Kolarov in the Champions League semifinal against Real Madrid. So that tells you as much as you need to know about both of them. And then at center back, center back was pretty easy. Uh, America Laporte has been an incredible uh, center back for Men's City since he came. He came in from Bilbao. He's been a stalwart. And it really showed last season when he was out for a lot of the year with that knee injury, how, I mean, him and also my other center back when they were both not on the team, Mensi's defense was just, was just awful. They, you just had no idea what they were going to give you on a given day. And they really needed that sort of uh, cohesion at center back. And I mean, that's kind of why they brought in Nathan, like we brought in uh, Nathan Ake over the summer is because we needed another left footed center back in case America Port suffers another injury. Speaking of injured center backs, my other center back option is Vin- is Vincent Company, the captain. Oh, captain, my captain. He's made he's amazing. I mean, he's been in he's been with City since the takeover, the second takeover actually, uh, in two thousand eight, and he's just uh, he's been a stalwart. He hasn't. It's more intangible, really, where he is the kind of player that galvanizes a team. 
And that's it. And that's what you really need as a center back, as a captain. He's definitely my, my captain out of this, out of this, uh, out of this 11, because there are a lot of players on this team that could be, that could be captains on any other team in either the Premier League or Europe's top five leagues. But Vinny is definitely my captain for this because shockingly, this team never played together, even though it's so current and modern, this team never, never played together as far as I know. So um, yeah. And then at right back, a Manuel Pellegrini favorite, Pablo Zabaleta. Uh, I think that Kyle Walker has done, has been better in recent years, I mean, he was great in the 100-point season of 17-18, but I think that as far as this is concerned, um, Zabaleta is the more consistent right back, and I think that, uh, yeah, I just think he's been more, more consistently good. Um, I mean, this is, I guess we can assume that these players are in their prime, quote-unquote, right? This is not... <laughs> We're assuming they are in their prime, yes. Yeah, so I, I'd rather have, I mean, as crazy as this sounds, I'd rather have prime Zabaleta over prime over Kyle Walker right now just because um, he, he's, he's, a great, he's a great defender. And then moving up to midfield, uh, if, this is very easy for me. Really, really easy. Uh, basically, it's the, the, five midfield, the five main midfielders from 18-19 uh, where you have Fernandinho, at defensive mid, who uh, is another guy who's captain material. He's a linchpin in defense. Where when when Fernandinho went down in eighteen nineteen, Man City just didn't know what to do for a lot of for a lot of uh, a lot of games, and it shows how much they needed him. And there really isn't anybody else I can think of at defensive mid that would take Fernandinho out of the squad. I'll just say that uh, at left attacking mid, I mean, how can I leave this guy out? The best probably would you see the best player in the Premier League right now? And that's Kevin De Bruyne. People laughed when we brought in Kevin De Bruyne from Wolfsburg. People laughed that like 30 million, 40 million, whatever that we brought in De Bruyne for is a bargain and a half. A lot more than that. Whatever, how much? However, 65 still is a bargain and a half for how much we for how much Kevin De Bruyne has meant to this Man City team, how creative he is in midfield, how amazing he is in free kicks. How another, another player that really galvanizes the attack, galvanizes the team, and is pulls the strings in it in, in midfield and in attack. His through balls. His long passes are amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then at right attacking mid, just for, it's very similar to to Kevin, but uh, David Silva is at right attacking mid for me. And it's a, he also has the creativity in midfield, but um, he also brings a lot. He also brings leadership and, um, just also the intangibles. He loved that in, into this uh, into this Man City team, and they and De Bruyne and David Silva play really well together. Played really well together when uh, when they were both there at the same time. And then for right wing, 
Raheem the Dream Sterling. A goal-scoring machine, incredible speed. Um, he's, let's not talk about that game against Leon, but he he's great. Aside from that, he's he's great. He can hit. He hits whatever chances that that come his way, and he's probably the best the best right winger that Man City's had in a long, 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 long time. And then at left wing, the recently departed Leroy Zane, and kind of the same sort of deal. I feel like as Raheem Sterling, just not the same amount of goal scoring prowess. Like he scores a lot, of, a fair amount of goals, but. Leroy Sané also has a, is also incredibly fast. I mean, those two guys are the two fastest players on the team when they were playing together. It's actually unbelievable how fast Leroy Sané is. And with that being said, he Sané and Sterling played really well together when they played, and uh, Leroy Sané also is able to put in a nice cross into the box, and then. At striker, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Gabriel Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sergio Aguero. What more do I need to say about Sergio Aguero other than that he's one of the best Premier League strikers of all time? And he, it's Sergio Aguero. I mean, he's been, been a Man City player for 10 years now, and he has shown barely any signs of slowing down. Um, Man City really missed him. We really missed him when he was injured. Uh, at the end of the season, last season, and in the beginning of this season, where we just didn't have too many chances. We couldn't get a lot of chances up front. We needed somebody like Sergio Aguero to come in and score an incredible goal when you need an incredible goal. So to recap Adam's starting 11, we have Ederson in goal, Gal Clichy at left back. I'm Eric Laporte, or some would say Eric Laporte at left center back. Who would Vincent say that? Company. Nah, I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> Vincent Company at right center back, Pablo Zapleta at right back. Fernandinho as the holding midfielder with Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva as the two attack-minded midfielders. And the front three, Raheem Sterling on the right, Sergio Aguero on the middle, and Leroy Sané on the left. All right. So there were some of my choices that I thought were very, very straightforward. And then there were other ones that I thought weren't as straightforward. So let's just get right into it, shall we? My goalkeeper. And for me, there were two options here that I could have gone for. It was, of course, David Seaman, or it was Jan Lehmann. And they are pretty much interchangeable. You can go for, for either or uh, both internationally capped goalkeepers. David Seaman, of course, with England. Jan Lehmann, of course, with uh, Germany. But for me, I went with Jan Lehmann. Again, I guess this is like sort of the, the trigger word you'll be hearing throughout this starting 11, but the goalkeeper for the Invincibles. Um, Take a shot. Someone, I'm sorry? <laughs> Take a shot. Well, you know what? Uh, the Invincibles will be set a lot in the starting 11. I'm just putting that out there right now. <laughs> but, I mean, this is this is a goalkeeper that just 
he made magical saves. And this was someone that was brought in prior to the invincible season when Arsene Wenger needed a goalkeeper. He wasn't exactly sure with David Seaman eventually leaving for Manchester City that, you know, he needed a goalkeeper. And he had said in the year prior that he thought this team could go unbeaten. And everyone laughed at him that, you know, oh, no one can go the whole league season unbeaten. And they ended up doing it. And Jens Lehmann was a uh, was a very big part of that side that ended up going unbeaten in the Premier League. And in my opinion, you know, there's not much that separates him, like I said, between him and David Seaman. I just ended up going for, uh, of course, the invincible tiebreak, which is what I usually am going to go for 99 times out of 100. Right back. This was an interesting one because I had some thoughts about Hector Bellerin, of course, uh, Bakary Sanya. As well, I could put in there one of the most underrated and underappreciated right backs, as Adam can definitely attest to, given his telling time. Telling me. You were telling me. At Man City. Yes, of course. Uh, but I ended up going with uh, with Lauren. And again, right back for the Invincibles um, was a very key part in that defense where you had the two center backs of Sol Campbell and Colatore, which enabled Lauren to join the attack and make those bombing runs up the flank. Um, and he was an unbelievable crosser of the ball. Um, his set pieces were always very, very, very well taken. And that, for me, is the separator. Again, it's it's nothing against Hector Bellerin or Bakary Sanya. I thought Bellerin actually can get into the side uh, if he continues to perform at a high enough level because I do believe he's one of the top two or three right backs in the Premier League, uh, even, even still after that ACL injury before before the ACL injury, I thought he was the best right back in the Premier League. And now it's taken him a little bit of time to uh, recover from that. But as for Bakary Sanya, again, he was just so consistent over the years. And it was uh, right back proved to be a much tougher position than I actually thought it would be. Um, and we just go right into right center back. And the guy that I just mentioned, Sol Campbell, um, another invincible another absolutely outstanding center back. Um, and all I really can say for him is Sol Campbell dreamed of winning the league at White Hart Lane. So he left and joined Arsenal. That's all I really have there. And um, yep. yeah, he he deserves this place in, in the starting 11, no doubt about it for me. Um, left center back, this is another easy one. I mean, you talk about um, potentially what, Vincent Company is to Man City in terms of what he embodies. And you could say he is one of those guys that definitely is what Man City is all about. There is no doubt that Tony Adams is what Arsenal is all about. He is Mr. Arsenal. That is who he is through and through. Um, missed the invincible season by one season, but he's an Arsenal lifer. And I, I tell you, there was probably during his time, there was not a center back that was more dominant than Tony Adams. He just did everything. He put in a tackle. He was a menace on set pieces. He could dribble. He could play a pass. He could even score an occasional goal. You know, that's what he was. That's what he was all about. And, and Tony Adams, you can make a case. He's one of the most underappreciated center backs in the Premier League era. And you're talking about a guy that lifted three Premier League trophies as well. Um, for me, that is absolutely a shoo for for this team this team would not be complete without tony adams left back easy this is this is probably the easiest position i had in the entire team with the exception of one uh 
Um, it's the best left back in the Premier League period of all time. It's Ashley Cole. And, and I mean, the move to Chelsea definitely hurts in terms of where his standing is, but I think time does definitely heal all wounds for this. And there's no doubt that Ashley Cole, whether it was, you know, at, at Highbury playing for Arsenal or whether it was Stamford Bridge playing for Chelsea, uh, he is the best left back in Premier League history. And I don't think that there is much debate about that. You can even make a case for him being one of the best left backs of all time. And I would absolutely listen to it. You put him with the likes of Roberto Carlos in that discussion. And I would most certainly hear it. Um, you know, what he was able to do again in all facets of the game defensively bombing up the wing, sending crosses into the box with that left foot. Um, absolutely fantastic, fantastic player. And someone again, who deserves to be in my starting 11 as much as his exit was, let's just say unceremonious at best. Um, Happens. Yeah, it does. Samir Nasri won't be on this list. I can tell you that right now. Mm. Fuck him. So we move into the midfield, and this is where I forgot to mention also this is a 4 2 3 1. 4 2 3 1 formation. This was the toughest area for me because I had to choose from players like Aaron Ramsey, players like Santi Cazorla. Um, players like Gilberto Silva, all fantastic, fantastic players. But at the end of the day, two stood out. So the first one is, of course, the captain, the captain of the Invincibles, Patrick Vieira, the most dominant midfielder the Premier League has ever seen at his position. I mean, what else can you say about Patrick Vieira that has not been said a thousand times over? Would always put in a tackle, was a leader on and off the pitch, serve basically as the guy that kept that entire invincible side together was the ultimate protector of a back of a back four that's just who he was and for me again shoo-in for this starting 11 there's no way that i put in a starting 11 without putting in patrick Vieira. and then next to him i'm actually going with another another former captain here and it's one that was with the Invincibles, but is not technically an Invincible, but it's someone that is still playing today and is someone that is a bit controversial in the eyes of Arsenal supporters, and that is Cesc Fabregas. And for me, he's one of my all-time favorite players. I it's will a Chelsea own... thing again, isn't it? it again, it, it is a Chelsea thing, yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that Arsene Wenger did say no to him coming back. He wanted to come back to Arsenal. Arsene Wenger said no because of Mesut Ozil playing in the same position. And he ended up going to Chelsea and winning the Premier League. And, you know, it was, it was uh, good for him, but of course it was, it was painful for Arsenal fans to say, because Cesc Fabregas is of course, one of our own. He is Arsenal through and through. People want to say that he's a, he's a Barca boy. I don't believe it. I think he is a, he's a gunner first and then a Barca boy second. You know, he came in up through the ranks at Arsenal and, he said a thousand times over that he would not have the career that he had had if it wasn't for Arsene Wenger and if it wasn't for Arsenal. So this is someone that I believe definitely deserved this place in the, in the starting 11. I think I would say it's more of a heart sort of selection here because Santi Cazorla for me could also make the starting 11. I don't think anybody would really complain given he is in my opinion, 
the best two-footed player I've ever seen in the Premier League, hands down, far and away. I didn't know whether he was a strong left-footed player or a strong right-footed player. He could hit him with both as equally as well. And I think with Fabregas, though, he had the eye for goal. He could pick out any pass that you wanted, and he was a leader. He was a leader, too. Oh, and by the way, he hates Spurs. So that's always a big plus. We move into the attacking three just behind the central striker. This is where it gets a little controversial for me because I had to go back and forth on one position a couple times. I'm actually going with, at left mid, I'm actually going with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang over Robert Perez. And I know that's going to cause a lot of debate, but I just think, in my opinion, nobody, nobody has had more Premier League goals since he's come to the Premier League than Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He is this current side. He is the side. And there is no doubt when he signed his new contract that he is buying into what Mikel Arteta is trying to sell in terms of this uh, North London Arsenal revolution, that he is key to that. And he is so important to what this new crop of Arsenal is going to look like. And the fact that he put his trust in Mikel Arteta, that you know he is going to be the guy to bring Arsenal back to where he belongs, that's of course being in the Champions League every year and then eventually competing to win the Premier League again. Um, none of that happens if we don't have Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I understand Robert Perez was unbelievable and some would even say underrated because of the two guys that he played, well, three guys even, that he that he played with, which, by the way, those are going to be on there. We'll get to those. Um, but I just think Aubameyang, I wanted to put someone from the current side in this team and Bobby Yang is the most shoo-in choice for that spot. So Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will be on the left in this formation. On the right-hand side, I'm going to be going for Freddie Umberg. And I know that he was not the most sexy player in the world. I know that he didn't have all the tricks in the bag, but boy, oh boy, was he effective. And boy, oh boy, did he have an engine on him. And that's what you're looking for sometimes out of a, out of a player. And you look at the, the front four that Arsenal had when, uh, during that invincible season, you could say that he was probably the least sexy of those guys. But at the end of the day, he got the job done so, so well. And he's had the knack for scoring big goals, namely at Old Trafford against Manchester United. Love to see it. What a guy, but I just think also that you look at what he was able to do in terms of productivity and, of course, being an invincible, he deserves that place on the right. Now we go to the middle of the park, the number 10. And is there any doubt about who this is? The greatest number 10 in the history of the Premier League, Dennis Bergkamp. No questions asked. He is the GOAT, the flying Dutchman himself. I mean, what, what do you want to talk about? Are we going to talk about the goal against Leicester? We're going to talk about the goal against Newcastle. We, we can go all day. We can go all day. And people say, oh, Dennis Bergkamp doesn't, didn't score enough goals. Who cares? Who cares? He didn't have to score enough goals when he had someone else in the team that we'll be getting to in a second. He was the focal point for the attack for the Invincibles side. And for me, he has to be in this team. There's nobody else that would hold a candle to Dennis Bergkamp. 
And he's someone that I would welcome back to this club in a coaching capacity in a freaking heartbeat, because I think that he is just absolutely brilliant. And his, his means for creative, free flowing stylistic football is, isn't always has been at the top level. And even post playing days, we saw it when he was assistant manager at Ajax, you know, that's what he wants. He wants to see pretty football. And he got that, of course, while playing for Arsenal because we do play the prettiest football out there. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And of course, up front, the greatest striker in Premier League history, Thierry Henry. There is, I don't even want to hear. Handball specialist. I'm sorry? Well, don't you remember the, the game against Ireland? Oh, 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 we're talking, we're talking about the uh, left hand of God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not his fault. Not his fault. It's pretty goal. It was beautiful. Beautiful goal. Illegal. But <laughs> illegal. So Maradona's Maradona's illegal too, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. You, you, you stick to abiding by the rules. Uh, FFP. Thierry Henry. What can you say? about Thierry Henry that has not been said already a million times over. You want a, you want a fabulous stylistic goal against Manchester United, you got it. You want an end-to-end run against Spurs where he just runs back up the pitch and slides in front of the Spurs fans, you got it. He was just an unbelievable player. Oh, and by the way, in case you didn't know, uh, Jose Mourinho was quoted as saying that uh, Thierry Henry only scores against small teams. So uh, when he scored against Chelsea... It just, it really was Thierry Henry just scoring against another small team. You know, it, it, it happens. It really does. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's rather unfortunate that uh, Joseph Mourinho, he doesn't believe in the greatness of Thierry Henry. Shame on him. Uh, but again, what, is, what football does he really know? Um, all-time record goal scorer for Arsenal, Thierry Henry. He is, of course, the striker in this team. So we have Jan Sleeman. Lauren, Sol Campbell, Tony Adams, Ashley Cole, Patrick Vieira, Sas Fabregas, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Dennis Bergkamp, Freddie Umberg, and Thierry Henry. So we have the teams done. So now we get to the debate in trying to put a team together. So, Adam, what formation are we going to go with? Are we going to go for a 4-3-3 or are we going to go for a 4-2-3-1 that Manuel Pellegrini played at Man City? Well, considering that we have two good options for defensive midfielders, I think we could go with the 4-2-3-1. 4-2-3-1? Oh, wow. Okay, that was that was much easier than I uh, than I thought. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. We can go for the, uh, the 4-2-3-1. So let's just get to the first position, shall we? So I think in I goal, just made this harder on myself because now we have... <laughs> A limited amount of options up front. Well, yes, the, the 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 striker debate is going to be unbelievable, and believe me, I'm I'm not going to let it let it die. We might be here for thirty minutes just debating the uh, the number nine here. So let's just start with the with the goalkeeper, uh, Jens Lehmann or Ederson. Um, for me, it's it, it's going up against the invincible goalkeeper, a top ranked international in Jens Lehmann going up against one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League right now in Ederson. I will say that for me, I am taking Jens Lehmann over Ederson just because I think Ederson is more error-prone than Jens Lehmann was. And that, for me, is a um, is a deciding factor in this. 
Honestly, I kind of agree with you because I, I think I, I don't think Ederson's really hit his peak yet as a goalkeeper in the Premier League. He's still very young. I mean, and he he is error prone. He's so I think that this is one of those things where, um, yeah, Jens Lehmann had a more decorate not I wouldn't say more decorated, but just a a better Premier League career so far. Than hey, his trophy, so far. his Premier League trophy is gold. Is yours? Did he score 100 points? Is his Premier League trophy called? So now let's move into the right back position. And we have Pablo Zabaleta or Lauren. Um, this is an interesting one for me because I feel like I feel like Lauren was much better as an attacking-minded wing back. But I feel like if we're talking about who was a better defensive-minded right back, I think I would actually get this to Pablo Zavaleta. So it's it's a 50-50 one, 50-50 one, this one. I, I really do. And, and I think for the sake of the debate, and I think in, for the sake of, you know, I give you a 50-50 one at the end of the day, I'm going to look for a 50-50 one myself. Uh, I think I'd be okay with giving you Pablo Zavaleta uh, as, the, uh, as the pick here. That's fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. Okay, so we are going to go with Pablo Zabaleta as the right back in this team. So we have two center backs now to to choose from. We have Vincent Company and Americ Laporte, and then we have Sol Campbell and Tony Adams. Um, for me, Americ Laporte does not even sniff the discussion. Nope. me. Yeah. No, I agree. He does not even sniff this discussion. Good. So we get that down. For me, I would say that I would, believe it or not, I would take Vincent Company in one at one center back spot, and then I would take Tony Adams at the other. Really, I'm surprised that you wouldn't put Sol Campbell at the other center back spot. Yeah, but I think if we're talking about an, a, an Arsenal Premier League 11, uh, nobody represents Arsenal in the Premier League in terms of being a captain, lifting the Premier League more than Tony Adams does. So I, for me, it's a tough one to give. I mean, because I would debate Sol Campbell over Vincent Company, but it's two captains going in the squad. So I think it's it's only fair at this at this point to go for uh, Tony Adams and Vincent Company as the two center backs in this team. Fine by me. All right. So we have Tony Adams at. No, whoa, one. whoa, whoa! Put Vinny at four. <laughs> oh, okay. You for your for your OCD. What's his number? For your OCD, yes. Yes. Um, all right, so now we move to left back. I mean, there's, there's no contest here. There's no yeah. contest. I'm not about to debate Gail Clichy over Ashley Cole. I'm not Thank about you. to do that. Thank you. Okay, so Ashley Cole is the left back for this team. Now we go into the midfield, and this is where it gets a little interesting because I have – really two options here and you have three technically because you could save well i guess fernandinho you would have to use here if he gets into the side but as far as number 10 goes which we'll get to in a minute uh you still have a ton of options um for me personally i know how i would set this up as the two um the two sort of defensive minded players I think I know what you're thinking. Are you thinking Vieira and Fernandinho? No, 
I'm actually thinking Vieira and Kevin De Bruyne, but having Kevin De Bruyne be in a position where he could be the box-to-box midfielder in this formation, whereas Patrick Vieira is the destroyer. So you I mean, get that makes sense. Vieira the freedom to join the attack in this formation, whereas Patrick Vieira sits back, protects the back four, while Kevin De Bruyne be sort of that fifth man in attack. The funny thing is, Kevin De Bruyne does play. I think if you if you ask Kevin De Bruyne, he would say that he plays more of a holding midfield, like a deeper midfield role. He doesn't, yeah. yeah. So I think that that's actually pretty good. That's pretty solid. As much okay. as I love Fernandinho. Okay, so we that we are not really doing much debating here. Uh, Save it have, for the ends. Yeah, the attack is where we're going to have some debates. So we have uh, KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, and Patrick Vieira. In that's that's an unbelievable midfield too. I really have to say, Kevin De Bruyne and Patrick Vieira. Oh my lord! Uh, all right, so now we get into the midfield areas here. So now we get to debate Leroy Sané or Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. For me, this is not close. It is Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. He deserves his place in this team. In the Premier League, yes. I mean, as far as their careers, I mean, I don't think Leroy Sané is ever coming back to the Premier League. Not for a while. So I think it's a bummy egg. Okay. So we are going for Alba in this team as well. So now we get the debate of, well, for you, really, it is David Silva or Dennis Bergkamp. And two legends. For me, again, this is no debate. This is no debate here. It is the Flying Dutchman himself. It's Dennis Bergkamp. I don't know. I mean, I'm on the, I'm like sort of like agreeing with you. I, I just, it's, it's David Silva. He, he's amazing. What's your reasoning? Uh, he, he's f- fantastic in attack. Um, and he, like Kevin, before Kevin, he was able to put, his creativity is incredible. Also putting balls in the box, through balls, crosses, whole bit. But I mean, sure, I'll concede this. Since you gave me Pablo Zabaleta, I'll give I'll give you Dennis Bergkamp. Oh, wow. What a what a gentleman. What a gentleman indeed. So, and of course, he would be the number 10 shirt. That is just wonderful to say. Dennis Bergkamp. All right. On the right, uh, Raheem Sterling or Freddie Youngberg. Uh, I will concede this to you. I w- I'll give you Raheem Sterling on this one. Woo. Let's go, Raz. All right. So now this is the, this is the big one. This is the one we've all been waiting for. Too many Christmas. Thierry Henry or Sergio Aguero. <laughs> oh man. For me, it's Thierry Henry. Of course it is. For me, it's, it's Thierry. For me, it's Thierry Henry. I mean, I just I just look at Thierry Henry and what he did during his time in England. There was no doubt that he was the best striker in the country at the time. Whereas now, and it's nothing against Sergio Aguero. I think Sergio Aguero is terrific. I believe that he actually is has the most goals ever scored by someone in the Premier League that was not born in England. Sergio Aguero has that record. And full credit to him because he, he is an unbelievable striker. He really is. And in my opinion, I actually would rate Sergio Aguero right now as the best striker in the Premier League. I would. I, I would absolutely too. would. And he deserves to be in that conversation with players like 
Michael Owen, players like Ruud van Nistelrooy, players like Thierry Henry, players like Alan Shearer as being one of the top Premier League strikers of all time. But if we're talking about who the greatest Premier League striker is of all time and who defined an entire generation of football players in general, and I know it's too early to say with Sergio Aguero, but Sergio Aguero also has competition. Let's not forget about the guy who's playing right now in Spain that just had his entire board fired. Let's not forget that as well. Yeah. Thierry Henry defined a generation of football players in France that players who grew up in France, some of the top players in the world right now grew up idolizing and worshiping Thierry Henry players like Kylian Mbappe players like Anthony Martial players like William Saliba who joined Arsenal because he said, and I quote verbatim, I know of Arsenal because growing up, I was a massive Thierry Henry fan. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, much of the same story. He wears number 14 shirt because of Thierry Henry. So for me, while I respect Sergio Aguero and I love him as a player, for me, this is Thierry Henry. I don't know. I think I, I see where you, listen, I see where you're coming from. And I, listen, I like Thierry Henry too. He's great. You, you know, for my other favorite team, he was, he was phenomenal. The Red Bulls. My other, yeah. When you, and that was like when he was on his, uh, on his down, on his decline, he was great in the MLS. So we're in major league soccer, but I think Sergio Aguero, no, no one can score a bigger goal. No one, there's nobody I would rather trust for to score a bigger goal than Sergio Aguero. I mean, he scored the biggest goal in Man City history. Let's lest we forget. Actually, Pablo Zabaleta scored the first goal in that game. Funny enough. Um, and as far as that is concerned, I mean, Sergio Aguero has come up clutch in so many moments for for Man City um, over the years, over his ten years at the club. Man City's record goal scorer. The record goal scorer for a player that's not that was not in the Premier League for a player that wasn't born in England. I think maybe the outside influences are a tiebreaker for me. Where I would put Thierry Henry here, but I would be really sad about it because I think that Sergio Aguero, that Sergio Aguero dirt deserves to be in the squad just as much as Thierry Henry. But for off the field stuff, I guess. Thierry Henry just has that slight, slight edge, but I would feel, I feel really bad about not putting Sergio Aguero in the squad. If we're talking about big picture in terms of Thierry Henry and Sergio Aguero, I would say Thierry Henry has won a champions league where Sergio Aguero has not. Not with Arsenal. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm talking about big picture, big picture. And if we're talking about international success, Thierry Henry also has won a World Cup where Sergio Aguero has not. So for for me, I would say Thierry Henry is the manager. Uh, is the, the manager? I would say Thierry Henry is the. Uh, I'd rather not again. have Thierry Henry as a manager. <laughs> did you see? Did you actually see him uh, mic'd up? There was a whole Bleacher Report uh, tweet they put out of Thierry Henry mic'd up, and it was fascinating. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. That's pretty cool. 
as manager for the Montreal Impact, of course. Yep. My new favorite MLS team. <laughs> Until he gets fired, then I won't like MLS anymore. Uh, so we need to make a decision here. Are we going to go for uh, Thierry? We're going to go for Aguero. Uh, let's go. Can we go for having two strikers? <laughs> we cannot, unfortunately. Uh, Thierry Henry. Thank you. Okay, we'll go for Thierry. And now we debate the manager, Arsene Wenger or Pep Guardiola. Well, I think that – I know that you're going to say your case about Arsene Wenger. That he's – I think that leading a team unbeaten throughout an entire season and in part of the next season is that is an incredible achievement in and of itself that puts him onto uh, Pep Guardiola's level. But I think that, like you said, bigger picture, Pep Guardiola is there, is there also. I think he, he's just better than, than Arsene Wenger. I think, but still, Arsene Wenger is one of those managers that, like Thierry Henry, influenced a lot of uh, a lot of others in the profession with his use of sports science and all that. First of all, my reaction was. Arsene Wenger being on Pep Guardiola's level. It should be Pep Guardiola being on Arsene Wenger's level. That's number one. Number two, Pep Guardiola better than Arsene Wenger? There is no Pep Guardiola without Arsene Wenger in the Premier League. Let's make that 100% clear. There is no Pep Guardiola in England without Arsene Wenger. Because before Arsene Wenger, take a guess how many foreign managers had managed in the Premier League. Not a lot. Three. They were all ran out of a job within the first six months of being there. Arsene Wenger came in as a complete unknown and took one of the biggest jobs in the country, the Arsenal job, and brought them back to not only be prominent enough to win but consistently challenge Manchester United, who have the best manager in the history of the Premier League. I can concede that in Sir Alex Ferguson. And those Manchester United teams in the late 90s and early 2000s are some of the best Premier League teams ever put together. I will absolutely 100% concede that. But for me, Arsene Wenger set the tone And he was the guy that really was the ultimate trailblazer. I hate to sound cliche and say that he shattered the glass ceiling for foreign managers in in England, but he did that. There is no Jurgen Klopp without Arsene Wenger. There's no Pep Guardiola without Arsene Wenger. There's no Jose Mourinho without Arsene Wenger. That's just period. That, That is just Period. There are none of those foreign managers without Arsene Wenger. Well, not in the Premier just, League. Yeah. In, not in the Premier League. No way. No way. It does not happen if he does not come in and succeed. That is also a big part of it as well, is that Arsene Wenger succeeded. And for me, there is no other manager that can hold a candle to Sir Alex Ferguson like Arsene Wenger can. In the in in the Premier League history. Now, if we're talking about what Pep Guardiola has done at managing 
the top a top club in Barcelona and managing a top club in Bayern Munich, managing a top club in Manchester City. You put all those together, then yes, of course, you know, Pep Guardiola has something to stand on. But well, stuff that he's pioneered tactically, as far as uh, you know, the tiki taka style of football that led Spain to winning three straight international competitions. Yeah, but I also the manager. But I also can manage a Barcelona side with Lionel Messi. I can manage a Bayern Munich side where you can go out and spend two hundred million every window. I can manage a Man City side where you can go and spend four hundred million just to try and find center backs that fit a defensive line that make your defense actually somewhat palpable. I mean, ask Ronald Koeman how easy it is to manage a team with Lionel Messi in it. Well, Pep Guardiola could do it because Pep Guardiola actually had something in terms of being there when Messi was coming up. Ronald, Co- Ronald Coleman, as far as far as Messi's concerned, Ronald Coleman is an outsider. I understand that Ronald Coleman is one of the best center backs that Barcelona have ever had. I, I completely understand that. But Pep Guardiola, not only is he Catalan, but he's also a Barcelona legend. It was there when Lionel Messi was coming through La Masia. You know, he, he, he was there. So it's not like, Pep was foreign to Lionel Messi, but, you know, after a while, you know, yeah, you, you get tired of hearing this, this same voice, which is funny because Arsene Wenger managed to do that and be the same voice in an Arsenal dressing room for 21 years. 21. That is unheard of. Not to mention overseeing the demolition of Highbury and bringing them to the Emirates, and with very little to no money, when you had sides that featured Nicholas Bentner, Marouane Jamak, I could keep on going, and the kind of players that were playing, Manuel Amunia in goal, Manuel Almunia in goal. Arsene Wenger still got Arsenal top four every single year which apparently then was not cool but now that Manchester United and Chelsea are now barely getting top four now now it's cool now we're saying oh getting into Europe is is just it's fantastic but when Arsene Wenger was doing it for 21 straight years including the years when he was going from Highbury to the Emirates when there was no cash at Arsenal they had to work from what they had at the academy level and bring it, bring up guys that can come in and play, such as Seth Fabregas, such as Jack Wilshire, to name a few. He does not get the credit that he deserves, but Frank Lampard and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can barely scrap into getting into the Champions League, and they're given a participation trophy by everybody saying, oh, wow, it's a wonderful job that they both did. Meanwhile, Arsene Wenger was the king at that in much more dire circumstances, at a club which had no money to give out because they were looking to pay off the stadium. Fourth place, it's the same as winning a trophy. <laughs> it was then. Now yes. it's now it's you're winning a trophy. Now you're winning a trophy for coming in fourth. Yeah. I mean, this is this is tough. This is this is about as tough as the 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 striker debate. I feel like between Arsene Wenger and Pep Guardiola, I. And I, I will I will concede and I, I will say just for the sake of time and, and wrapping this up, 
I will say that because you gave me Henri, I will begrudgingly give you Pep Guardiola. So that is this 11, and we'll read it one more time. So we have Jans Lehmann in goal. Pablo Zabaleta at right back. Vincent Company at right center back. Tony Adams at left center back. Ashley Cole at left back. KDB at left center defensive mid with Patrick Vieira at right defensive mid. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at left mid. Dennis Bergkamp as the number 10. Raheem Sterling as the right winger. Thierry Henry as the central striker with Pep Guardiola as the manager. So in total, we have seven Arsenal players and we have five Manchester City players. So that is it for the first episode of the debate. I would love to thank Adam for coming on and being the trailblazer of sorts for uh, for the debate. And I am sure that we will be seeing you back on this program again. Well, I would have I'd be happy to do that. Talk about more more sports, more more debates like this. This is great. This is really fun. Yeah, we'll have to um, we'll have to get a Islander fan on this uh, this podcast and uh, just have you and an Islander fan just go at it. Oh my god, fuck the Islanders! Exactly, exactly. And I would just I would just sit here the entire time, just just chilling, just chilling and watch the debate go and and, mo- and moderate the entire thing. The '94 um, Rangers would destroy. Any of those 80s Islanders teams. <laughs> you're, I'm, in my opinion, you're right. I'm just saying. Um, Adam, thank you very much for coming on. And don't forget to listen to Adam and I on the Basin Talk podcast fantasy show, where Adam does a much better job of hosting than I do. So I, I have a lot con- of practice. I will concede, Adam. You do. I, I will. I will say that you do have a uh, a lot of practice at this, but practice does make perfect, as they say. So that is the end of the debate. Thank you very much once again for listening, Adam Caster. Thank you so much for your contributions to the first episode of the debate. I am Ed Birdsall. Thank you so much for listening to the debate. Make sure you check out the vanilla basement talk podcast the basement talk podcast fantasy show and the basement talk podcast quizitational for more basement talk podcast content until next time bye bye